Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know that if you're planning for retirement or aren't sure where to start, we have a helpful checklist for you. We put together a guide called Your Pre-Retirement Checklist and have made it available for free on our website. This detailed checklist covers things pertaining to cash flow, social security, Medicare, asset allocation, and living a purposeful retirement. The link to download the checklist is listed in the episode description, or you can go to wiserinvestor.com, scroll to the bottom, enter your email address, and then you'll have access to your pre-retirement checklist. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Wiser Retirement Podcast. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom are my co-hosts, Brad Lyons and Matthews Barnett. Hey, guys. Hi, Casey. How's it going? So today... Um, we're going to talk about healthcare and retirement and what options you have. We have a lot of people um, retiring before 65 now, and there's nothing that I've seen that would push uh, Medicare available to 60 year olds or even 55 year olds. Uh, so there's a bit of a, um, a bit of a gap. Like what do you do between 55 or 60 and uh, Medicare at age um, 65 uh, and stay tuned because our next podcast will go into Medicare and all the different parts. So if you're looking for that, uh, wait for next week. But for now, um, you know, it, it's, it's a problem that we solve. So, so in financial planning, we solve for the worst case scenario, which is you go down to Humana or Blue Cross and you just, you just sign up for a plan, right? Um, and that's going to cost a family today, what, about 21000 a year? Close to retirement, yeah. Yeah. So now that twenty one thousand includes your premium. It also includes um, some copays. We give an allowance for copays, uh, and uh, I and certain deductibles. deductibles. Obviously, like you said, that's present day though. And I think a lot of clients get a little bit of sticker shock when you inflate that out of the future about five percent, which is what healthcare is increasing at currently. So um, those numbers can get pretty large. Yep. Uh, but again, we plan for it. Now, uh, then there's the reality: is that do you actually want to pay that much? Uh, and so there are some options that you have, maybe not necessarily cheaper options, but maybe better quality options. Uh, and we'll kind of outline that. Um, I think number one is, you know, if, if you're leaving an employer, does your employer offer retiree uh, benefits? That'd be a no brainer, right? We have a lot of uh, people who work at utilities that have, we've worked with and uh, a place like, uh, you know, Cobb MC or Southern company, they are covering a lot of retiree uh, benefits. Uh, actually, it's a great benefit. Usually a lot of companies add pensions. Teachers can get that if they've vested long enough. So, But that, that's still rare for a majority of Americans. Yep. Uh, and if you do have that privilege, uh, then you'd put your spouse on there as well. So that's a no-brainer. Uh, it's probably cheaper than anything, any other option we could come up with. Uh, but again, you're right. Majority of Americans uh, would, not have that, um, would not have that option. There are a couple of ways to qualify for Medicare. I did not know this until we started prepping for this podcast. Uh, there's really three ways. If you're on uh, social security disability um, and you've been on it for at least 24 months, uh, you can qualify for, to be on Medicare before age 65. Um, if you have um, ALS or Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease, you qualify uh, or ESRD in stage uh, retinal disease. And as Brad said earlier, you know, you probably, you probably wouldn't be able to see, the fact that you could qualify, right? Right. Bad joke, dad. Or uh, yeah, Brad. <laughs> Brad, dad, uh, it's a dad joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
that's very, very unlikely for most of the people that at least we come in contact with. But there are ways to qualify earlier for Medicare. Um, after that, Matthews, what do you typically go to when you're talking to people? Yeah, so obviously the, the option people know the most about because their uh, employers provide them information is COBRA. And that's usually providing a gap for about 18 months uh, after you would no longer be employed. Uh, one of the issues with COBRA is that they can charge 102% of your premium. So obviously when you're working, uh, either you've subsidized some of that uh, premium cost or your employer's paid all of it. So you would pay your employee, your employer part plus 2%. Um, so that can be a, a very costly option uh, and not ideal uh, in retirement on a fixed budget. Um, so obviously you see a lot of those. Um, you could go through uh, other providers um, like uh, I know we've talked about it in the past with um, MediShare or some of those faith-based programs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pros and cons of those, as we've discussed and, and seen in the past, where, uh, you know, the fact of that uh, they aren't a, a legally binding contract as a insurance policy uh, might be. So you just have to be careful for that. Yeah. And, and Cobra, how long does Cobra last now? Um, usually it's 18 months after separation. That's right. Okay. And then the MediShare, um, I've seen a lot of people look at that, but you are correct. It's, it's, I think if you're fairly healthy, it's probably fine. If you have a major medical issue, um, I'd be a little nervous that they're going to cover all the, all the costs. So yeah, you've seen great stories about it and read about it. And I know 60 minutes has done stories on this too. And, um, but you've also seen the, the horror stories where it's those catastrophic events, which is really the the main reason you need insurance coverage yeah. uh, and it could be denied on um, certain claims just because like I said, it's just not a legally binding contract as it would be under insurance because it's, it's more of a faith based. Right. Right. Okay. Um, there's also a short term health insurance, which I'm, I'm not entirely sure um, if right now if Georgia is covered in that, but I know other States are. And, that, and that's where you basically, it's a really high deductible policy that you'd have between um, your retirement and, and uh, Medicare kicking in. So maybe it's a year or less. You could use that. Uh, that's an option. You can always Google that in your, in your area, wherever you are. Uh, hopefully you'd never have to use Medicaid, <laughs> uh, but you could go in state healthcare, right? Because you have less than, was it $16,000 or something a year in household income, right. income based, income based. Um, I would probably avoid that in Georgia for sure. Um, I, I think this is easier now than, than it has been in the future, but you could do a part-time job that's offering some type of health benefits. But, um, today you might be able to find that part-time job because people are, are having a hard time finding workers. But, uh, in the past, I think that was kind of like the unicorn, you know, yeah, I just want to do, I want to work 20 hours a week and get my health care. <laughs> work, work remote now, <laughs> but yeah, from the beach. Yeah, exactly. Might be more <laughs> options, uh, on, on that front. Um, then, then there's also the option of just going to what we talked about earlier, um, uh, individual and family healthcare insurance. So that you're just going to sign up for a private policy and it works just like your corporate policy, really. It's just going to be expensive. Yeah. Um, but you probably find a quality plan, but you're going to pay a big premium for that, uh, you know, on, on a monthly basis. I, I think the, um, probably the most important thing is that you plan, for it other than I'm going to retire and I'll figure out healthcare later because it's such, it's such a big, um, uh, a big thing to tackle prior to 65. It, in fact, sometimes it keeps people from retiring. Um, 
you could do a partial retirement. Maybe one spouse retires, but the other one, you know, then goes on their health care. That, that's one way you can do it. Stagger the retirement. Um, and if it's for a year, maybe that's maybe that's worth it. And that's not that big a deal. But to go 10 years paying 21000 a year plus, you know, then today's dollars plus you have to inflate that 5% every year. That's a big, that's a big nut to tackle for most people. For most people. And, um, the one we haven't covered and what we hear the most of, um, is affordable care act or Obamacare as it's known. Right. Um, so the way those work is they are income based. So it's based on the federal poverty level. So, um, the only problem is it's, uh, uh so it's based on hundred percent of the federal poverty level all the way up to uh, 400% of the poverty level. It's tiered at 150, 200, and then up to 400. Uh, but those are income-based as well. So uh, if your income was above those limits, uh, you wouldn't get the subsidies. Uh, and then when you don't get the, the subsidies, it's basically the same marketplace as what you would get from a, a private insurer. Um, so uh, for 2022, um, a family of two, uh, the premium would be about 18,310, or your income would be 18,310. Uh, as a hundred percent minimum federal poverty level for a family of one, it would be 13,590. Uh, and then a family of four would be 27,750. Uh, so that would be the minimum of the hundred percent poverty level. You would get full subsidies from the government and insurance be extremely uh, inexpensive. Uh, but based on that, obviously that's a lower income level there. Uh, it can go all the way up to uh, 400% of that. So for a family of two, that would be a modified adjusted gross income of seventy three thousand two forty, uh, which is a little more reasonable for retirees, and that's kind of why it's important to do some income planning in retirement. Make sure uh, we control that income so that they might be able to not only live the way they want, but also get some subsidies uh, to keep their healthcare uh, costs significantly down. Um, the thing to notice is that uh, this is based off modified adjusted gross income, so that's obviously just your adjusted gross income but then they add in uh, non-taxable uh, interest from other things as well as uh, the non-taxable portion of Social Security. So you just got to make sure that you're doing the calculations right uh, with modified adjusted gross incomes. Um, a thing that changed last year with 2021 as well as 2022, uh, it used to be based, uh, if you went above that 400% threshold, uh, it was a cliff. So you actually got zero subsidies um, with the American Rescue Plan uh, of last year uh, for last year and this year. Um, if you're above the 400% poverty level, you can still get certain types of subsidies, uh, and the premiums capped at eight and a half percent of your overall household income. So, uh, last year and this year, there are still some benefits for those pre-retirees, uh, even if your income's a little higher, uh, and, but unless they change that, it would still go back next year to, to that cliff. So you just got to figure out what your income is. If it makes sense, maybe, uh, living off a little bit less those few years right after retirement pre 65, so that you can get some of those uh, big incentives from the government. And tracking that, uh, you have to be careful. Uh, make sure you don't go over because there could be income. You could have uh, income from your employer for a partial year if you're retired. Then you, you do withdrawals from your IRA. That's where maybe pulling from your Roth temporarily or even living off like savings or a brokerage account would help uh, make sure that you stay underneath those those thresholds. Um, what's the? Uh, do you have the premium? So so there's full subsidy, right? And that's pretty low. That's hard to obtain and still be able to live. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, for family two, that's 18,310. Yeah. And then there's um, some people who pay $30, $40 a month, right? And then there's, uh, what, do you know what the maximum is? That- it, it varies by state. If it's the silver, bronze, gold plans. Uh, and then so obviously each state's different. And that's those thresholds. 
Um, so it's, it's going to be significantly less than the 20 grand. You might see some families where, like you said, it could be free somewhere. It might be similar to what you've been paying through a group group coverage just yeah. from your employee portion. So that wouldn't be a huge lifestyle change. No, very true. Very true. Well, again, the important thing is that it's planned for, um, and, and there's a strategy uh, that goes along with that, you know, and it's difficult because, you know, those are great years if you have lower income to also do be doing conversions from your, from your IRA to a Roth. A lot of times we can't do that because we have to focus on keeping healthcare uh, affordable uh, for the for the retiree. Um, so there, there's are many different options um, in that case. I think it kind of goes back to savings, right? You know, when you're saving for retirement, the you know by default you probably should put half of your money into um, pre-tax, half your money into Roth. So when you get into situations like this, you can pull from a different bucket. Um, if you're a high income earner. Then maybe you're doing everything pre-tax, but then you you have additional money you can save. You put that into a brokerage account. So now you have your pre-tax and your brokerage account, which is only capital gains. Right? Maybe Roth backdoor Roth and, yeah. after tax contributions in your four hundred one k. Correct. So you you want, as you're saving for retirement in this case, you want to develop these different savings buckets so you can pull from different things at different times uh, to hit whatever tax strategy you're trying to accomplish. Um, and then obviously when you turn you know seventy two that that could go be blown up by the RMDs from the IRAs. But at least at the beginning, you're just, you're trying to get started. And um, uh, that gives, that gives a lot of options um, uh, tax wise, because there's not a whole lot you can do. There's no golden goose <laughs> when, it com- when it comes to, uh, Oh my gosh, I have all this income. Well, all your money was saved pre-tax in your 401k. So yeah, it's a good problem to have, but sometimes not ways around it. Correct. Just saved a little. If you saved a little bit differently along the way, then it helps you with with things like this um, when it when it comes time. Um, I think that uh, I think that covers all of our healthcare options. I think we cover that pretty well. Um, Minus Medicare, which can be a, a beast. They don't make that easy. No. Uh, yes. So that that's. I think we'll transition into that uh, next week and. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening and good conversation, guys. Great. Thank thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.